Back in the mid to late 1990s, I had the privilege of spending a number of summers in Gaza City working with the Palestinian people. And there I encountered some of the most devastating poverty I've ever seen. But there was one commodity that was at the fore of everyone's minds, especially as it was often scarce. I'll tell you what it was coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. So grateful that you could join us for this hour of spiritual direction, providing you a bit of help on your journey of faith today. Although the people of Gaza as a whole were warm and hospitable, there was not much that they had to call their own. The average person there lived a pretty simple life. Signs of extravagance were very rare, if not altogether absent. But the one thing that most of them sometimes ran well short of was water. As Gaza is located in the desert and most of the freshwater resources came from inside Israel proper, there was the ever-present threat of using up all the water resources provided. Water was rationed regularly. Both hygiene and cooking were activities that needed to be entered into with an eye toward conservation. And as anyone who has lived in a desert region will tell you, water is an invaluable resource. Anyone who is faced condi- with who has faced conditions of drought, especially farmers, know just how essential it is to have water. Well, something similar is true for our spiritual lives as well. I mean, most of the time, spiritual refreshment comes somewhat regularly, even if not particularly often. And we often may have a sense of the Lord's presence, even in difficult times. Prayer seems like an ongoing conversation, even if God doesn't answer quite in the times or the ways that we would expect. But we all face occasional periods of spiritual dryness. Your prayers ring hollow. You wonder if anyone is actually hearing them. You are unmotivated to pursue the things of faith. God seems distant, if not completely absent. Well, what do you do in those times? How do you hang on and persevere in your relationship with Christ? Today on the program, we are talking about spiritual dryness. Serving as our spiritual director today is Father John Eckert. Father Eckert is the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Father Eckert, welcome back to the program. Good to have you with us again. Patrick, it's great to be back. Yeah, well, so about spiritual dryness, Father, I mean, maybe I've uh, oversimplified it, but I mean, any other elements of spiritual dryness that spring to mind for you when we're talking about it? Sure. I would say, no, I don't think you've oversimplified it at all. I think right out of the gate, it's probably important to recognize that it is utterly common that we all go through, you know, periods where, for lack of a better phrase, you're just not really feeling it. You know, like I like to you know, uh, give the analogy that our prayer life, you know, it's a lot like relationships with other people in our lives. I mean, sometimes you may be like just super excited to see your spouse. Like you can't wait to get home from work and just like run in and say hello. And you're so happy to see them. And other times, you know, it's like, Hey, glad you're there. It's fine. You know, and like, it's, and that's not to say that just because your emotions are like on fire with love right now, or just kind of, you know, not a whole lot going on. It doesn't mean that, there's something wrong with you. I mean, there's there's the ups and downs that we all kind of go through. Well, the same can be very much true in the spiritual life. You know, there's going to be some moments where, like I said, for lack of a better phrase, you're just not really feeling it. But 
that doesn't mean that you abandon ship, that you run away from it, that you say, well, I got to go look for something else. Um, anything in our life that is worth doing is worth pushing through, you know, those times of difficulty, of, of dryness, of, you know, we're not always going to get instant gratification from some of the things that are most important. And I'd say when it comes to our prayer life, that is a super important thing to remember. There will be days where you're not going to have all kinds of consolation just like raining down upon you. Now, sometimes that may happen and it's awesome. You know, there, there may be moments in your life where you look back and just remember like, wow, all of a sudden, like just it was so easy. Like it was easy to pray the rosary. It was easy to be a mass, like not only easy, but just like a joy. Like I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world, but there are some times when it's a drudgery. You don't feel like praying a rosary. You don't feel like going to mass on Sunday. Um, but our feelings go up and down, but true love calls for being faithful, even in those times that feel just utterly dry. That's a very good. That's a very good reminder too that true love does call that for faithfulness, fidelity. Of course, that's true in our marriage relationships. That's true in our friendships as well. That we need to be a faithful spouse. We need to be a faithful friend, even when times aren't necessarily what we would describe as the best of times. But it seems like even in uh, just to I guess contrast things, it, we're not necessarily talking about you know when we're facing suffering or or some sort of difficulty in our lives. Because at least speaking for myself, there are times when I'm facing suffering, but the Lord seems very present in that. Right, so I'm I'm able to rely on Him, even though it's not uh, you know a time where I'm I'm feeling great otherwise, I can still rely on God's presence. Spiritual dryness, though, seems to me to be a time when, like you were describing, Father, when, yeah, it, it, God seems distant. And that can be in times where things are going poorly in my the rest of my life, or when they're, quite frankly, when they're going well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I like to say to people sometimes, you know, the funny thing about prayer you can't always tell when you're doing it. Like, you don't always have instant results. But I think you can tell more and more when you're not. Um, and it's like, I think just that, like I said, the fidelity is so important. It's not even so much about what's going on all around me. You know, I, I think, yeah, sometimes I've had some great difficulties in my life, but when I was faithful to my prayer, even in the face of those difficulties, life was good. But then there are other times when it's just like, you know, things are objectively in good shape. I mean, doing fine, you know, things are flowing in the parish, doing well with the family. But if I've been negligent in my prayers, there's something missing. And it just, you know, I, those turn out to be some of the, the worst times, so to speak. And so I think like any relationship, like just daily fidelity uh, is so absolutely crucial. And there are going to be times in that daily fidelity that it just all makes sense and it's great. But there are other times when you're faithful, you're there, you're showing up, but you're just not getting much out of it, quote unquote. Um, but still, it's important to keep showing up. Because once again, like, and give the analogy of a normal relationship, right? Like, okay, I, you know, get together with a friend pretty frequently. Um, and let's say, you know, one or two times I go over, the friend's just not very talkative. It's like, well, you're not talking to me much. Like, I'm done with this relationship. Well, then that's probably not an awesome friendship anyway. You know, it's like to be there in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, you know, to keep showing up. And of course, there's, you know, the mystery of why our Lord at times is so much more present, uh, sometimes seemingly more distant. 
but you know we can talk more about some of the possible reasons for that too yeah i think the uh, one of the things that strikes me in that father is that when that fidelity that we're called to even when we're not feeling it so to speak um you know there's there's kind of practices of prayer disciplines of prayer that uh, many people take upon themselves so it might be a series of rote prayers that they say at particular times of the day it could be praying entering into the liturgy of the hours it could be praying the rosary at a particular time you know something like that too but i'm thinking one of the ways that it might be really helpful in these times of spiritual dryness might be in terms of our own kind of extemporaneous or mental prayer and just being honest with the Lord, right? Saying, "Lord, I'm I'm not hearing you, or I'm not sensing your presence. It, it, I, you know, are you there, God? I mean, there's not really something wrong with being honest in our prayers about that, is there? Oh no, absolutely not. I think honesty is absolutely crucial. I mean, our Lord is the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, he he knows us better than we know ourselves, and to be able to share with him our hearts is so important. And I'll tell you, I, I'm so grateful. Um, you know, what we have as Catholics, there are some things for us that the church has given us as obligations, you know, like for example, mass every Sunday, right. And on holy days of obligation, um, to have that obligation in some ways, it's kind of like a safety net. I mean, I've got that as a priest, religious have this too, in the liturgy of the hours. I mean, we promise to pray the liturgy of the hours every single day, you know, it's, it's five different parts to it. And the nice thing is, like, you know, come good times or bad, I've committed to praying this every day. Mm. Um, and we, we need that because if we wait for the time that we're feeling on fire and the schedule's open and we're ready to go, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen, you know. And, and we need that help, you know, to, to get over the hump and to get there. But even beyond just the obligation, right, like let's just say that the dryness is just kind of lasting for a long time. A lot of times our Lord is calling us deeper into relationship with him. Like, he's like, okay, you're doing the obligation. Good. That's a wonderful thing. You know, just like in a marriage. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're following the obligations. You're being faithful. You know, you're, you're providing for the family, but I want more than just the bare minimum. Like I want you, I want your heart. And sometimes when we get that dryness, our Lord is calling us deeper into relationship with him. Like we're, we're more thirsty, right? We want more of that water. And the beautiful thing is, you know, okay, as you give that, that beautiful analogy at the beginning about the people of Gaza and, you know, them still being able to be kind and loving, even though they have a limited resource of, you know, drinkable water, right? The beautiful thing about the love of God, which is ultimately what we are going to immerse ourselves in, in prayer it is not a limited resource. You know, I mean, it, the, he, he has more for us all of the time. The question is, is sometimes we have the limited resource of space in our hearts. And sometimes he stretches us more and more to be able to receive more of that love into our heart. So just like, you know, in, in exercise where you push yourself further and then you can do more the next time. You know, as we kind of go through some of these periods that even when we're not receiving like instant satisfying consolation, we're stretched. And as we continue to participate in fidelity, as we continue to show up, we then get stretched to have more of a greater capacity to receive more of that infinite resource of the love of our Lord that he's wanting to give us all of the time. 
It's an excellent point from our spiritual director, Father John Eckert. We're talking about spiritual dryness today on the program. Have you ever experienced spiritual dryness in prayer, a time when you couldn't perceive the presence of God? Maybe you're going through a time like that right now, and you're wondering what to do. Well, that's why we're here. So give us a call. We'll get you on the air with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert. Our toll-free studio line is 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, it's 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Father, one of the things that I'm really uh, I'm thinking about, and if that uh, you've just kind of clarified for me, that in actuality, these times of spiritual dryness may well indeed be times where the Lord is dealing with us to help us in our perception of his presence and our reliance upon his providence. That's what it seems to me that you're saying, that these dryness, these times of dryness, um, not only should we not be surprised when they come, but maybe there's even reason for, reason for gratitude when they come. Yeah, I would say so. You know, and I mean, you think about it, um, how do we show the greatest amount of love to someone? Is it like, hey, I'll show up when you're having a birthday party and you have the kind of food that I like? Or I'm going to be with you, you know, when you're in the hospital and you're suffering and it's it's difficult, like on your tough day when, you know, you're in a bad mood, you know, I'm still going to show up and be your friend and be there with you. Um, now, our Lord's never in a bad mood, but, you know, it's just to stand there with him, you know, at the foot of the cross, to acknowledge him before others, you know, to, to show that our Lord is important enough that he deserves a place in your daily schedule, you know, that, that every day I make time for our Lord. Why? Because it's important. You know, I mean, one of the things, so, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Catholic priest. I'm celibate. You know, I have given my life to the church. Why? Because God wants like an absolute total gift of self, right? And I mean, St. Paul talks about this when he talks about virginity, you know, that the virgin has given herself totally over to God, where the married woman has to be concerned about the things of this world. Um, Like we are totally given over to be in this just like absolute love of God. Like that part of my heart that would have been given to a wife and children is totally given over to God. Now it's to be assigned to everybody of like, that's what we're striving for, for all eternity. And so for everyone, he wants that relationship with all of us. And, you know, in some ways it's like being in the desert of our world that's trying to push God to the side. You know, he wants us to receive that refreshing love from him, but he doesn't open up our mouths and force it down our throats, right? Like he he wants us to make the time to welcome him into what's going on in our life. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, celibates, like celibacy, you know, uh, religious priests were supposed to show that, hey, this is a worthwhile endeavor. This is good. And, and we're also supposed to try to help people to enter into that as well. Now, I will tell you, Spiritual dryness still comes for us too. And what's the most important thing? We got to keep being faithful. We got to keep showing up for the time with him. And he'll keep leading us deeper and deeper into that satisfying, you know, just loving relationship with him. Mm-hmm. When you talk, Father, about there being a total gift of self that our Lord desires, and you're talking, uh, well, talking about celibates, talking about virgins and that sort of thing that St. Paul talks about. Um, my mind is turned to our liturgical calendar, of course, today being the feast day of St. Lucy, a virgin and martyr, total gift of self. And tomorrow we're actually uh, celebrating St. John of the Cross. And I know he has some things to say, too, about 
specifically um, the kind of sense of the absence of God, that he has terms, he has ways that he has processed that, and ways to say that these are actually um, these are actually huge gifts and they're huge turning points in the spiritual life. Do you want to give us just a glimpse of St. John of the Cross? Sure. And yeah, yeah. his feast day tomorrow, he was a close collaborator with St. Teresa of Avila. So you've got two, you know, all-star hero saints uh, of the Carmelite order. You know, this order that is kind of in the spirit of Elijah, going to Mount Carmel to be away, to pray, to give over to the Lord. And recognizing the fact of, you know, just like climbing that spiritual mountain or the, the different ages of the spiritual life or being purified as we move along. And I mean, St. John of the Cross met with a lot of resistance from his brother Carmelites. I mean, even imprisoned at different times for, you know, calling for reform of letting go of so many distractions in this life to give ourselves over totally to union with Christ. I mean, the the quote that the Magnificat gives us tomorrow morning in his biography is, feed not your spirit on anything but God. Cast off concern about things and bear peace and recollection in your heart. Now, I know it's easy to be like, well, come on, that's easy for St. John of the Cross to say, but, you know, I've got a budget to balance and, and kids to take care of and all this. But the thing is that he's showing us is, I mean, ultimately, we're moving on towards heaven, like ultimate union with the eternal Trinity, you know, who, just like we heard this past week on uh, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, when we got the, the gospel of the Annunciation, you know, an angel, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin uh, betrothed to Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. I mean, you think about that, like God looking at this very specific place, this very specific person, like he wants union with all of us and he wanted union with our Blessed Mother, and out of that comes this ultimate fruitfulness. Like, he's looking at us, and, like, the ultimate gifts we've been given, or the ultimate gift we've been given is our Lord wants this union. He wants our ultimate concern to be with him. Now, he's given us all these other things that are are amazing and glorious, and St. John of the Cross is, you know, concerned about reforming the order and helping others to grow in the, the spiritual life. But the ultimate end, and what we can't lose focus on, is that it's all about... God. It's all about Jesus Christ being in this with us. And of course, you know, he gets that awesome uh, nickname, so to speak, that title, John of the Cross. And I mean, whenever we hear that, obviously, you know, we know that's going to involve self-denial. That's going to involve embracing our Lord. But one of my favorite quotes from St. Charles de Foucault is, the more we embrace the cross, the more we become one with Jesus. And our Lord is in this with us. And so, yeah, sometimes it's hard to sort of you know, look away from some of the other things and put God first. It, I mean, it involves the cross, but the more we do that, the more everything else falls into place. Um, just one other final quote. It's not St. John the Cross, but St. Francis de Sales. I love this little quote of his that we should pray for a half hour every day, except for when we're busy. When we're busy, we should pray for an hour. And I love that because it sounds like, you know, wait a second, St. Francis, you got the, the logic or the math messed up. It's like, no. We rely on our Lord all the time, and when things get difficult, busy, overwhelming, we should rely on him even more, you know, to, to cling to him that much more. Because ultimately, all of this, all of this life is ultimately focused on union with God. 
That is what it is all about. That's why we exist here at The Inner Life, and we're hoping that we can try help you out on your journey towards the Lord and union with God. We're talking today about spiritual dryness. If you've ever undergone a time of spiritual dryness, a time of spiritual poverty, maybe prayer seemed boring, unpleasant, unappealing to you for a period of time, how did you approach that? What did you do? What do you do in times of spiritual dryness? Maybe you're facing one of those right now and have a question about how you can persevere in the faith. Give us a call. We'd love to get you on the air. Triple. 8-914-9149-888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be back with more with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert, right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash UDallas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look in the five and ten. Listening once again. With candy canes and silver lanes aglow. I suppose it's beginning to sound a lot like Christmas, too. Probably everywhere you go. Yes, and just a reminder, too, you can always tune in for our Advent Carols of Comfort and Joy. You get a daily email if you sign up at relevantradio.com slash carols, and they will appear in your inbox with not only a recording featuring incredible talents of three young choirs, but also with a brief history of the carols and free daily videos. That's, again, can all be found at relevantradio.com slash carols. All right, so we are talking today about spiritual dryness. And you know what? This is a time of year that even though we're very much focused on uh, spiritual things as we're thinking about the coming of Christmas and uh, hopefully the coming of Christ at the end of all things as well, um, but that doesn't mean that we're not undergoing a period of spiritual dryness even right now. And our spiritual director today, Father John Eckert, is leading us in a conversation and uh, confronting and addressing and dealing with spiritual dryness. So if you have a comment about that or if you have a time that you have gone through and what did you do, or if you have a question about something you're doing right now, uh, you're going through right now, give us a call, 888 Father, just before the break there, you're talking about embracing the cross. And one of the things um, in terms of spiritual dryness or maybe the Lord seems distant or absent, I'm thinking about our Lord himself on on the cross and him crying out those words from Psalm 22, right? Um, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is it possible that Jesus himself was undergoing something akin to our own spiritual dryness? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, and as you said before, I mean, dryness doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. You're doing something sinful. Um, I'd say in some ways it means at the moment you're not experience, experiencing spiritual consolation. And I would say, you know, as our Lord is laying down his whole life on the cross, I mean, think about one of the very lines he says there, I thirst. You know, it's it's the same line that uh, the missionaries of charity have on the walls of their chapels right there by the crucifix. And what is he thirsting for? He's thirsting for our love, you know, and and that's part of why Mother Teresa had that, you know, in their chapels, because why? Well, first they're loving Christ in the Eucharist and then loving his people. And, you know, there's such a good sign to all of us that like our Lord thirsts for our love. And so, yes, I mean, as our Lord is going through, 
you know, the desolation of being on the cross, of, of facing sin and death head on and just all of the effects of that, still in the midst of it, he continues to love our Father, entrusting everything into his hands. You know, at the end, you know, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. It is finished. That even through the absolute harshest of all circumstances, he continues to love and to offer himself to the Father. And so, you know, as we go through our, and as you said before, I mean, yes, sometimes we have particularly difficult crosses, but sometimes it's just the small things of just, okay, I'm not super excited to go to work today. I'm not really thrilled about having to do the housework I have to do. I don't really want to do this for my family. You know, just, I just feel kind of blah, you know, and that can be a cross. And so in the midst of that, to keep trusting our and loving our Lord through it all, you know, knowing that we are a thirst for the love of God. I think it's Psalm 42, you know, it's like, like the deer that longs for running streams, you know, so is my soul a thirst for God. And I will tell you too, it's interesting as you were, you know, talking about like, it, it's beginning to sound like Christmas, you know, and, and these, you know, carols of comfort and joy. The other interesting thing w- paired with that is the gospel last Sunday and the gospel that's coming this Sunday both take place in the desert, which is an interesting thing. It's like the whole world, you know, is talking about going shopping at the five and dime, which inflation has just like completely ruined. And it's a lot more than that now. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, but we, it's not to say that, you know, like, well, yes, it's an exciting time of year. I love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. I love the decorations. I'm excited to listen to more hymns as we go through this, but even in the midst of that, you may still be feeling dry. I mean, ultimately, like, we're not made to feel ultimately satisfied and bettered by another present. If that was the case, then we would have been satisfied many Christmases ago, you know? What we're longing for is the love of Christ, and that does take purification, and sometimes that takes going out into the desert to hear the voice of that one crying out, to be washed with water, right? To have our sins forgiven and washed away, and then to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, to have the very presence of God in us. And we're all longing for that. That's what we've been created for. And so even if you feel dry right now in this period that is beginning to look and sound a lot more like Christmas, remember it's like what you're really longing for even more than wonderful Christmas cookies and lights is that love of Christ that even the cross couldn't overcome. Excellent point, Father. And I think that there's particularly as we're as we're thinking about, you know, the Advent season and, and this is a time of, of uh, anticipation and waiting. And and sometimes waiting can be well, I think we've we've done whole shows on that before, right? Being patient, being waiting and having having that sense of attitude of anticipation and that sort of thing. I think oftentimes it's times of spiritual dryness as well, too, that that can be a time maybe we can, again, shift our perspective, our attitude toward it a little bit and saying that, all right, well, the Lord's growing me in patience, too. I think there's a there may be, well, there may well be a connection between patience and spiritual dryness as well, yeah? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's like a lot of things. I mean, I don't like to exercise, but I like the way I feel afterwards, you know, like I... 
there are some things that we don't particularly like that we're not really striving for. And waiting, and I think especially right now, is one of those. I mean, it's funny just how different it is now than when I was a kid. I mean, I remember growing up, like, we get the Farm and Fleet catalog and circle the toys that we really wanted, and it's like you're, you're waiting for so long. Where now it's like with internet shopping and things, and, you know, I, I don't mean to, like, knock everything. It's not like, oh, everything's so bad now. But we don't wait like we used to, you know? And I think the sort of like instant, you know, instant gratification, getting everything right now. Um, and even it's like, it feels like we celebrate Christmas earlier and earlier and earlier, and then it doesn't last and mean as much for the whole Christmas season. And that's not to be a Grinch and a grump. I mean, I leave my nativity scene up in my house all year long. Like I just, I love it. Mm. So I never take it down. So I'm not like Mr. Anti-Christmas decorations, but I think we're not good at waiting. And it's in that period sometimes that our Lord is helping us to grow, is stretching us. I mean, you think about so many of our Lord's parables, they're almost all agricultural related. You know, it's like the planting of the seed, the seed dying in the ground and producing much fruit, the sower who went out to scatter, um, you know, and, and all those things. And that takes time, but the fruit matures and develops just like we do. I mean, the best of things don't just happen instantly. And I think sometimes we forget, you know, what may be happening as we're waiting. And so in the midst of that just day-to-day fidelity, it's in the midst of that that we're growing, that we're, you know, showing both our Lord and finding out in ourselves that, yeah, this means something to me. I've been faithful to this each day for a while. And so that waiting is an important thing, be it Advent or the rest of the year, but just being able to faithfully show up each day, our Lord is doing more and more with that than I think we know. Mm. Very good. Our spiritual director, Father John Eckert, we're talking about spiritual dryness. If you have a testimony to give about a time where you face spiritual dryness and the Lord used it well in your spiritual life, or if you have a question about a situation that you're facing right now, give us a call at 888-914-9149. Let's go to the phones now, Father. We've got John calling in from Encinitas, California. John, good morning. Welcome to The Inner Life. Good morning. Uh, this topic has so much depth and so much richness to us, aridity. Um, I love the quote from Proverbs, I'd rather have dry crusts with peace than a house of plenty with misery. Mother Teresa, who I was blessed to fellowship with, says that the poor are worse off in this country than they are in India. We can see the poor lying in gutters naked being eaten by rats. But in this country, you can come from a very wealthy family and not have love. So the dry crust with peace, can the aridity can give us an appreciation of the depth and richness of the love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Absolutely, John. And I'll tell you too, just as we, you know, approach Christmas, right? You have, I mean, just, just kind of an illustration of your point. You think about the King of Kings being born and laid in a manger and you have King Herod living in the palace with all the comforts that he needs. And clearly, I mean, the king of peace is the one that's in Bethlehem in a manger, not the one who's ready to, you know, order the slaughter of the innocents. I mean, it's it's one of those things where the greatest of things, you know, ultimately it's, it's what we've been made for. We're a thirst for the love of God. And not having that is the true poverty. And how do we get it? Well, we keep showing up to love him. And, uh, you know, whatever the cost may be. 
John, thank you so much for the call. Great, uh, great advice, great thoughts that, yes, uh, dry caress for peace, then uh, plenty and misery. Yes, I like that very much. Thank you for that. Let's go now to Tamara calling in from Orland Park, Illinois. Tamara, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'm feeling this dryness myself, which is quite surprising because I have like a full compassion for the Lord and I don't understand how this is coming to me um, because, um, and so my question for you is, do you just keep picking yourself up and doing it? I was just um, saying the rosary, um, for instance, um, went to the chapel saying the rosary, and usually I can almost feel God's presence, but this time, like, I'm not feeling it, but maybe I'm I, wanting it so bad. So that's my question for you. Tamara, it's a beautiful question, and keep praying the rosary, okay? Whether whether it's knocking your socks off or whether it's dry as a bone. Um, because thing to remember, we're not the, the primary actors in our prayer, okay? Like, our Lord is. And you may be doing absolutely nothing wrong. You're just, you're showing up, you're being faithful. And just because maybe today, you know, our Lord kind of, you know, withholds his face a little bit, but you're still going for it. You're still longing. And, and you can find out, it's like, hey, I'm still there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. And he may be just kind of like drawing you deeper and deeper into his love. Um, one analogy I was kind of thinking about, and I think this applies, you know, you think about St. Peter, you know, fishing all night and catching nothing. And, you know, and then our Lord saying, put out into the deep. And Peter, like, you know, basically saying, Lord, really? I mean, we've been fishing all night. Like, we are professional fishermen. This is what I do. And you don't know what you're talking about. Look, put out into the deep. And he does, you know, I mean, and he he goes out there. He puts out into the deep. Now, would Peter have done that if he had gotten a decent catch of fish the night before? No. But because he didn't, because there was the dryness, because there was the lacking, it opened up this opportunity of having to grow a little bit more in trust of our Lord. And then he did follow. He did put out into the deep. And look what happened, you know. And so what I would say is, you know, don't don't give up. There's going to be some days where it's just... It's not amazing. I wish I could tell you that as a priest, like every time I celebrate mass, like my life is just like radically altered and it's amazing. I mean, I'm literally holding the son of God in my hands, body, blood, soul, and divinity, but it doesn't knock my fingers off. Right. And just like cast me to the ground. Um, now I have to keep, keep praying, keep being there, keep asking him to draw me deeper and deeper. Now there are some times I'm like moved to tears at the Eucharistic prayer. And then there are other times that, I mean, it, for lack of a better phrase, it's like the routine that I'm in every day. But just because it may be the routine day doesn't mean that I don't show up and celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. He may be calling me to put out into the deep, to keep going deeper, to keep giving in my heart more. And the only other thing I would say, Tamara, is you know, the, our vocal prayer is so important. Pray that rosary. Don't ever stop praying the rosary. I love it. It's one of my favorite prayers that there is. But at the same time, too, Make sure that you're talking to our Lord from your heart as well. Talk to him about what's going on. What what are the challenges right now? What's happening? Because sometimes he may want us to just kind of linger on one of those mysteries for a little bit. You know, okay, what was our blessed mother feeling as she walked to the hill country to see Elizabeth? You know, I may feel a little bit overwhelmed right now. Mary, help me to understand what's going on in my heart. Like, how does the mystery of my life right now relate to this mystery? Not just, okay, I got to get this rosary done, but just 
linger there for a little while. Talk to our Lord. Talk to our Blessed Mother from your heart, because that may be the deeper that he's calling you uh, to go into. Tamara, thanks for the call. And as we were listening to Tamara's question and her point, and then your your response, Father, uh, our our very astute and spiritually mature young Thomas, uh, who's uh, taking our phones today, he put in the chat here that I can see, he said, give your suffering and prayer to God as well. And I, I just think that's kind of what you were just saying, Father, about, you know, talk to God about what's going on as well. And I think that that's actually something that I well, I'll speak again for myself because who else can I speak for? Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm. It's not something I think to do often. It's it's not something that I think to say. All right, God, I I may persevere in prayer. I may you know keep up with my daily prayer disciplines, but I don't necessarily say you know what, God, I'm having problems. You great. He wants. He yeah. wants you to be in the midst of things. I think I lost you there for just a second, Patrick. But um, yeah, like he, he, he loves our prayers. He wants us to be a mess. He wants us to pray the rosary. But he also wants your heart. He wants you to talk to him about what's going on. And I'll tell you, I think one of the things I hear a lot about people struggling in prayer is just, Father, I get so distracted. It's like, don't worry. Like, okay, yeah, mass, you know, don't be thinking about what you're going to buy at the grocery store later. But make sure that you get some quiet time with our Lord to talk to him about what's distracting you. Like, why are you worried about this upcoming interaction with someone? Tell him what's going on with that. Don't just be upset because you're not a robot and can't focus perfectly on every Hail Mary, you know, word for word. Tell our Lord from your heart what happened, what's going on, because he wants to hear from you. Yeah. Very good. Thank you again, Tamara, for the call. Appreciate that. We're talking about spiritual dryness today on the program. Our spiritual director is Father John Eckert, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. And if there are times and ways in which you are struggling with spiritual dryness or have in the past and would like to share that with us or ask a question about how to persevere in faith, give us a call. 888-914-9149 is the number to call. 888-914-9149. Email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Got to take another break, but We'll be back with more right after this. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas. to the inner life here on relevant radio my name is patrick conley my thanks to nick sentovich our producer and thomas engus are taking your phone calls today as well as to our spiritual director father john eckert as we're talking about spiritual dryness facing those times where god seems distant or absent and prayers seem to ring hollow if that you have a question about that maybe you've experienced that recently or even right now give us a call at 888-914-9149 just, uh, you know, getting ready for the coming Christmas celebrations and the coming of Christ at the consummation of all things. Some of the things that we can do, we can prepare ourselves in many ways. But specifically when it comes to Christmas, I know you know about the Merry Beggars, right? You must know about the Merry Beggars. They're offering still their day or their one day at a time Advent audio calendar with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol 
And these are not just professional radio actors. These are world-class radio actors who have put this together. Top-notch theater of the mind audio. You want to check that out at adventwithscrooge.com. Again, adventwithscrooge.com. Well, we are uh, grateful again for your participating in this program as we're talking about spiritual dryness. And, Father, one of the things that, are, that strikes me, in fact, we got a, a great uh, uh, email coming in from Bob who gives a, actually a quote that I had run through my mind as well, and I love that you, you wrote in, Bob, so credit to you for emailing in, saying that uh, we are to seek the God of consolations and not the consolations of God. And uh, I think that that is... Um, that's really helpful, and maybe it introduces this whole idea of consolation versus desolation. What are we talking about there with those two terms? Sure. No, I, I really appreciate that, Bob. And, uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me, I think I talked a little bit about this earlier. It's like, you know, you don't want a friend who comes to your house because you have you who You know, it's like, yeah, you, your mom makes, makes a, a good mac and cheese, so I'll come over. It's like, great. Like, you want someone to be friends with you, because they want to be friends with you, not because of what they get out of it, so to speak, you know? And it's the same sort of thing. Like, you know, we love the God of consolations more than the consolations of God. Now, we're happy to have consolations, you know, be that, I mean, to just sort of like describe it as, you know, the the glory, the joy, um, for lack of a better phrase, like the good feelings that come from prayer. Sometimes that happens, and it's and it's glorious when we thank God for it. I had a parishioner the other day saying to me, just like, Father, like I feel like my heart was jumping out of my chest at Mass. It was incredible. Like, how do I hold on to that? It's like, well, it's it's like what I tell our servers when they serve a funeral Mass, and if someone is generous and, you know, gives them some money for serving. I was telling them, guys, be grateful when it comes, but don't expect it, you know? And so it's like that with our prayer sometimes we're going to just get like showered with consolation. Sometimes everything just seems right with the world. Like I remember one time in seminary, I was walking our grounds, praying a rosary. And all of a sudden I just started crying. Like it was just like, it's all true. It's all beautiful. Like how, how does this happen to me? You know, that, that, that our Lord comes to me and I get to be walking around praying the rosary right now. It just was, it was amazing. But at the same time, like, I can't go trying to recreate that moment. Um, I, I have to just receive it when it comes. And there are going to be some days where I'm walking around praying the rosary. And at the end of it, I'm like, wait a second. Did, did I just pray the rosary? Like, I know I did because I'm at the end of it, but I don't even remember some of this. Um, there are going to be those days. And some days where you're just, it feels like you're chewing on sand as you go through your prayers. But as we've been kind of alluding to, it's like, okay, you could call that like desolation. Like there's nothing really coming, but even in that, that darkness, it's like our Lord is still calling us to grow, is still working through that. You know, there's a lot that's happening, let's say under the soil, you know, as that seed gradually dies and decomposes and then out of that comes new fruit. So there are going to be times where it's like, you know, we're just sort of down in the dirt and it's just tough and difficult, but you got to keep going, you know, mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you experience those consolations and it is a great glory and joy and we thank God for it. And, you know, and sometimes they just sort of disappear. And what we have to do is take care of what is in our control. One of the, the rules of uh, spirituality from St. Ignatius of Loyola is, in fact, he says this. It's the fifth rule, actually, of his 14. He said, in time of desolation, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the proposals and determination in which one, in which one was the day preceding such desolation. Mainly, let's say you make the, the commitment, I'm going to get 
up at 6 a.m. to spend a half an hour in prayer before I get ready for work. But then the alarm goes off at 6 a.m. You're like, well, I'm kind of tired. I just, you know, today's going to be a tough day. I think I'll just... Okay, obviously, like debating with yourself when the alarm goes off is never a good idea. You've got to stick to what you promised you would do when you were feeling good, when you knew it's like, hey, this is going to help me. So make a resolution, stick with it. Now, you know, like later in the day after you've been trying for a week or three weeks to get up at six, let's just say, okay, because of my schedule, I don't, you know, with the kids and everything, I'm not getting to bed till midnight. I got to rework this a little bit. Okay, fine. But do that when, you know, you're calm, you're fine, not when the alarm goes off and deciding right then. You know, it's, it's, it's okay to kind of reassess, but just because you're not feeling it in the moment, that's not a good reason to, to back out. And that actually ties in with another thing that Bob said in his email. He said, um, he says, if you can't pray one way, try another that may suit you better in a particular circumstance. But I think even maybe those, you know, changes in our prayer disciplines, unless under the guidance of a particular spiritual director, it might not be the time to change up our prayer routine during times of desolation. Father, what yeah. do you think about that? What I would say is, you know, you want to be faithful to something and give it a chance, right? I heard a priest once talk about the fact that his doctor had told him to exercise. And he went back to the doctor, you know, a couple months later and he said, so how'd it go? He goes, it didn't work. He goes, what do you mean it didn't work? He goes, exercising didn't work. He goes, well, what did you do? He goes, push-ups. He goes, how many? He said, five. He goes, how many times? Once. And he goes, well, it, it didn't work. It's like, okay, yeah, of course it didn't work, dummy. Like, you got to stick with it. And, you know, okay, sometimes we overdo it. It's like, I'm going to go to the church and make, you know, a three-hour-long holy hour visit to the exposed, to our Lord exposed in the Blessed Sacrament. Okay, not everybody can do that. We're not all cloistered nuns. I mean, don't go over the top. Um, but give yourself, you know, something that maybe stretches you a little bit. And like I said, I'm a firm believer in the waking up early. Like it has changed my life and gradually moving my alarm clock back to just spend some quiet time with our Lord in the morning. Now, do I love that when my alarm goes off? No, I don't like the alarm, you know, but I've learned like the snooze doesn't help. I got to get up. I got to get in my chair. And sometimes that first 10, 15 minutes, it's not great. I mean, I'm still kind of groggy. But as the coffee kicks in, as I remember more and more just the past glory of getting to pray, like gradually our Lord leads us deeper and deeper. And I mean, and it takes time. So, you know, give yourself like make a, a resolution that maybe stretches you a bit. Stick with it for, I'd say, a good like three to four weeks. And if it just seems like, okay, this is stretching me too far, reassess. Maybe you got to cut back a little bit, or maybe it wasn't hard enough. Maybe you need to kind of add a little bit more time. Maybe it's, you're ready for a little bit more time reflecting on the readings of the day, praying the rosary, you know, just making it to additional masses during the week. You know, just, just that gradual process of showing up and asking our Lord's help is huge. I like it, Father. Very good. I think one f final clarification here in the last couple minutes, Father, before we ask for your blessing is that, uh, of course, you know, people obviously can undergo uh, depression, anxiety as well, that there's uh, there's things going on in their in their mental status and their, you know, their, perhaps even in their physiological or physical health that it may be affecting and producing some of the similar, some similar, I, I suppose, situations that we might encounter in spiritual dryness. But maybe we better just clarify that spiritual dryness and depression aren't necessarily hand in hand. No, no. I mean, we all, you know, kind of go through some periods where we're all down, things aren't great. I mean, that's, that's normal human life, right? Like we're not robots. We have emotions. 
you can't let your emotions just run things because, you know, like I said, they go up and down. But if you're consistently in just like a period of just darkness and there's just like a never lifting heaviness that's there. Yeah. At that point, I would say you probably want to go talk to a priest, possibly go talk to a counselor um, and ask what's going on. I mean, like I said, Hey, we all have down days. You know, I I remember I went to seminary in Columbus, Ohio. The sun went away in October, didn't come back until April. It was harder Mm -hmm. to be, you know, cheerful when you never see the sun. Now I live in North Carolina. Praise God. We see the sun a lot more. It's so much more helpful. But, you know, (laughs) when, when that, you know, because with dryness in prayer, you know, yeah, it's not like we're getting a, you know, like all sorts of stuff is happening in prayer, but generally in life, you know, we keep moving along. We keep, we keep showing up. With depression, though, you know, that that enters into a different level. And I would say if you find yourself in that position, reach out to your priest, reach out to someone you trust. And, uh, yeah, try to see if you can get a little help to get out from under that darkness. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's a maybe there's a specifically too that we can um, in, in, again in facing spiritual dryness, not necessarily the depression too, but uh, recalling some of the good things, some of the blessings. You know, counting your blessings might be a good thing to do in times of spiritual dryness as well. Absolutely. I mean, the, the scriptures encourage us. I can't remember exactly where, but to you know, in good times, to remember the difficult times. You know, not yeah. to just go nuts when everything's going well. It's like, hey. Remember the cross, like remember the fact that, hey, there have been some difficult times. Don't be crazy. Don't run away from our Lord. You know, because that's the thing. Sometimes I think we're in greater spiritual danger when everything's going well. You know, it's like, eh, we forget about it. It's like, ah, I'm fine to drink more, to eat more, to watch this. It's okay. It's like, no, be careful about that. But in those difficult times, remember, God is Emmanuel, God with us. And he's not going to abandon us just like he hasn't in the past. Praise be to God for that. Father, thank you so much for your spiritual direction and your time today. May we have a blessing from you before we go? You got it. May Almighty God pour down his blessings upon all who have listened today, help them through times of dryness to grow ever closer to his most sacred heart. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That was Father John Eckert, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, who's been our spiritual director today. And I think the takeaway is stick with it. If you're facing time of spiritual dryness, stick with your routine. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we're going to be talking about that second coming of Christ. That should be exciting with our spiritual director, Father Ramil Fajardo. Coming up next, Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with our celebrant, Father Rich Ketchel. Until next time, grace and peace.